Because I asked you this the other day. I said, I said, is it better to just completely start from scratch or try to keep as much as you can of the original? Because I don't oh, know. I thought you were talking about relationships when you asked that. Oh. I thought, you're, I thought there was like a new guy and you're like, is it better to like, I'm just kidding. There's, <laughs> it's a joke. It's not. Is all that I will ever do. Welcome to Filmmakers Making Films. What up? This is Island. So we're going to be going. Welcome back. We're glad you're here. We're going to be going through a couple pieces that we just finished and released last mm -hmm. weekend. We thought it'd be cool to just jump right into it. We're going to talk about the pitfalls, the literal falls. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's that clever. That I didn't even clever. think about that. Yeah. The we're going to be talking about some of the difficulties and also how we sort of figured it out and went through the process. What do you guys remember? What do you think of when you think of that shoot day, that edit, all that process? Mm. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different locations. It was like how many? Like ten? Ten, ten different locations. They're all all yeah. in the same city, but it's just a lot of shooting. We basically started mm -hmm. like five miles south or five miles north of where we're at now, mm -hmm. and that was like location one at the old church, and then we just went location location. We yeah. went in ten locations all the way, ending up at the current church. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we shot for I don't even know. Well, we started 10, at 10, 12 hours. Noon. No, so it was probably like nine hours yeah. by the time yeah. we were done. Yeah. yeah. And we had we had a decent break while we were waiting for the sun so to go what, down. So what was the pitfalls that we ran into? We were essentially tasked with how do we, di like, how do we display, illustrate 10 years of we are one of this ministry? Mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we show, like, what did 10 years look like? And so what were the first iterations of that? What was the first idea? It ideas? was time capsule. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a time capsule. Mm -hmm. They were going to, like, bury a time capsule. I think this yeah. was the idea they came to us with. Yeah. They were going to bury a time capsule, and then when they dug it up, there's a bunch of people standing around TV. Well, it was going to be a bunch of people. It? So it was going to be kind of this story of this time capsule getting buried and, like, all, kind of all these, like, just, like, a couple people being around. And then when they would dig it up 10 years later, it was a big group of people mm -hmm. showing like So how, showing like growth. Yeah, it's growth. Because they wanted like some people in the original where like they would look like they did 10 years ago. It yeah, was like kind of like a goofy really side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, you know, 10 years later. That was going to be a lot of shaving faces, losing 30 pounds, yeah. cutting hair. We're going to have to shoot it backwards. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to shoot it in reverse. Yeah. That was going to be really difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, that was one of my issues with it, which I think they were fine with tweaking that part of it. But then yeah. as we got deeper into it, I think I started to feel like well, we're burying this time capsule, but the time capsule doesn't actually have anything to do with kind of the overall point of mm -hmm. what they're using it for at this conference. Time capsule just felt sort of yeah like it didn't fit as much. What so we started we having those conversations. What's that? What are we putting in the time capsule? Yeah, we started having the, yeah. yeah, and I think that was part of it is there wasn't really anything coming out of the mm -hmm. time capsule. So we started having those conversations and they were totally on board and we started fleshing yeah. out then they were going to be, we were going to put something in the time capsule. And then we was like, well, what if instead of a time capsule, it became a DVD, a DVD. Yeah. It was going to be like a DVD that essentially housed. We knew we had to get to the ending being a montage mm -hmm. of 10 years. Yeah. Of them mm -hmm. watching the montage. Of them yeah. watching yeah. themselves yeah. over the course of 10, of yeah. how it mm -hmm. sort of evolved over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So we knew we had to start 10 years prior, somehow jump a 10 year gap mm -hmm. and end up watching a montage of 10 years. So those are sort of, and this is most projects that mm -hmm. we have to do. It's always, okay, this is where we need to end up, or this is what we need to show or illustrate, or this is where we need to start. You end up getting, it's like, a, is that Pythagorean's theorem? 
where it's like you need to make sure you have the angle of the triangle and mm. one or two sides of, of the length oh, of the triangle and mm. you can figure out the yeah, other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's what film, that's like what writing always, even mm. if you're writing a feature, like even writing a film, I feel like that's always what it feels like. It's like, okay, I know I need to get here. So what's a logical way that it would make sense to sort of progress there in a way that wouldn't feel like I cheated and jumped too far. And I think that's what we were struggling with with the, with the time capsule. Mm. So we really explored this idea of the DVD yeah. For a long time. And then it was the DVD going on a journey. Yeah, we it was like... let's ditch the time capsule side of it and follow this And the DVD, DVD was essentially becoming the... And it was a cool shoot. Like, it actually... It was like a cool visually, idea. It, it would have really cool. been cool. Yeah. It was like the DVD, which housed the montage of the, you know, of the 10 years, was sort of persona... It was almost like a Toy Story Right, yeah. Like, just, it, yeah. it was like... Was it Jesse's, like, owner? Yeah, I think that's what you... Yeah, yeah you kept yeah, coming back it, to. In, in Toy Story, it's like, Jessie kind of gets forgotten about as her. She's going to start crying. Her, yeah, I do. Every time I watch it in the movie, careful. I do. I don't even remember the scene and I don't remember <laughs> the scene because the, I've never seen Toy Story 2, which is what we crazy. realized that's as we were. That's my favorite one. Because we, yeah, we watched that scene because yeah. she was trying to ex explain None of us remembered like, it. Did you? I, I don't remember it right now, so probably not. I've seen Toy Story 1 a million times. I've seen Toy Story 3. Two's way better I still haven't watched the Sporky one. That's the only reason why. Apparently, I haven't seen two. Maybe I just like odd Toy stories and i'm not an even i fan. guess so <laughs> two's my favorite but we though. were going to sort of anthropomorph anthropomorphize yeah. personify the dvd it was like going to become yeah. our character mm -hmm. yeah and so like the dvd it was like the dvd ends up you know following it you're watching the dvd it gets picked up it gets handed off it gets shoved underneath something it gets found it gets picked back <clears> up <throat> it ends up on a shelf and then we we're going to like dolly in on the dvd on the shelf mm -hmm. and have it be consistently changing the scene like around. the scene around it yeah. is changing yep. a lot, which would have been really cool imagery. What's showing the... ten years, and then it was uh, my brother Dave and his son were going to come in and sort of discover it ten years later. Yeah, or it was like the thought was uh, Zeeland. So his son's name is Zeeland. Him knocking this shelf over and um, mm -hmm. them like putting a bunch of toys in a bag, and then it somehow mm -hmm. like ends up at the location that they're going to, and they discover it. The table's wobbly. <laughs> the table has three legs. Yeah. The table has three legs. But, but yeah, what but you're yeah, saying. What were you saying? You were going to say something? I was just saying it's kind of like, I'd never actually seen it. I don't know if it's a show or a movie. The Traveling Pants. The Sisterhood what is that? of the Traveling Pants. Sisterhood, yeah, yeah. That. Is it a movie? Like pants. Or is it's it a movie and a book, I think. It, yeah, in yeah. a book. Yeah. Mm. Is that kind of like what it's like? I don't know. I never watched it. <laughs> I never saw it either. It just sounds did, like the Traveling CD. Like, no. It's the Traveling CD. Yeah, and I think that was ultimately what my problem became with it is I was like, man, I love the imagery. Yeah. I love some of the visual effect shots we would have been able to pull off because mm. it would have looked really cool. And then it was like, we're just following a DVD. It, yeah. That was what the mm. conversation switched yeah. to is it was like, okay, if you had to sum up 10 years of We Are One, mm -hmm. what do you, like, what is, how do you define We Are One? Yeah. What have they done? And it kind of felt like the visuals we were creating were showing 10 years of we are one is all of the moments that were had, all of the events that were had, all of the, and that's ultimately not what comes to really anyone's mind when they take a second and really think about this ministry. It was like, what is we are one? And I think you said it's the people. Yeah. I was like, yeah, and we're not mm -hmm. showing any of the people. Yeah. We're literally just showing a DVD. Basically we're showing Sporky <laughs> for five minutes or whatever yeah, it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. And somehow ending in a spot where a bunch of people are there, but there was no logical context of like, right. why in the world are you there? Why are you watching this DVD? It, it was, it, it got, 
we sort of took their idea and their idea made sense, even mm-hmm. though I didn't feel like it was complete and they didn't either. That's why they're coming to us. But like, I didn't, it made sense. And then yeah. we took it and we made it make no sense. <laughs> and we made As it we way overcomplicated. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. so we like started trying to figure out how do we scale it back? Mm-hmm. And I think it finally came to a point where I was just like, that's when I asked you, what do you think of? You said people. I was like, hundred percent. How do we show that? How do we show the people of we are one? And that was the movement. You know what I mean? Like those mm-hmm. are what's represented in every event. It's not the fun mm-hmm. that was had. It was the people that you got to meet or the people that became a part of the family or the people or whatever. And so when we had that idea, yeah, then I feel like that's when it started to click. And that became sort of the bedrock of like, okay, what if we went over the last 10 years and we just illustrated for us, it was just going to be sort of metaphorically big picture illustrate 10 years of progression meaning Mm. 10 years of coming from this old building when there was a transfer of leadership when it started with my brother and then it transferred to 10 years later what does it look like now and well then we started writing (laughs) and then i'm like i'm calling you out abigail this was abigail right we talked to abigail who's who's one of the media people on the the we are one team yeah and she informed me that that her her boss wanted 10 hard stops yep. Yep. Mm. that he he had said very clearly that he wanted yes. 10 literal stops to so that each important. stop was like 2011 2012 2013 and it needed to be sort of sequential mm-hmm. like these are the people we added in 2011 these are the people we added in 2012 this is and that became really overwhelming and so we at the very least ditched the whole there was no way we we're going to figure out how to get well these people are from 2011 these people are 2014 it, there was no way we were going to be able to adhere yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. So we ditched that. But then we get to the day of the shoot and we were like, well, let's talk about the shoot right now. But <laughs> towards the end, it was like, I was talking to Tyler and he was like, I don't remember what he asked me, but, uh, oh yeah. He goes, are we almost done? I said, oh, I would have been done like three stops ago, but Dave wanted like 10 hard stops. <laughs> He's like, what? No, he didn't. I was like, I was told. <laughs> Abigail, I was told he wanted 10 hearts. And ultimately, I think it's probably something he said in passing that she probably took seriously. And maybe he actually did, but it just, it, I think it worked out good because it gave us a ton of cool B roll that we could move through quickly. Mm -hmm. But that's what became overwhelming in the shoot. Yes. So let's speak to that for a second because that's what, like, oh man, I, I, I don't think I had a, this one wasn't as bad as I Love Christmas Parties. I Love Christmas Parties shooting that big scene. Like, I think I had a God honest panic attack. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever <laughs> felt that. I've yeah. always felt on shoots some version of that. It's always mm-hmm. an extremely like overwhelming, burdensome, sort of anxious experience. But I love it because I'm an addict. Um, <laughs> but this was like kind of just overwhelming in the sense that um, there were so many locations and there were so many questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was, that was me. I'll speak to this more in a second. I want to hear from you guys. What was like the parts of it that were you guys overwhelmed? Did it, did, I mean, you had a great day kind of, didn't you? Yeah. It Your job out, got shifted yeah, right at the did. last minute. Yeah. But I think it was, that also made me stressed too. It was like, it was fun in the moment, but it was knowing. Basically my daughter and. Z and Zion. Zion and Z. Oh yeah. You didn't your, really do your, much with your mom. Your mom yeah. took Z. Zion and Zion. Mainly so my bro- yeah. so my nephews, mm-hmm. because we were pulling my brother and sister-in-law into the shoots various yeah. times, and Sid, 
my sister-in-law has to be near Zion because he's brand new to the world and needs <laughs> yeah. food and she's <laughs> yeah. the food. Like it was like you ended up sort of being a, a babysitter for a yeah. portion of the day, yeah. Yeah. which created a hole in the team mm-hmm. of all yeah. sorts of things that we came into the shoot planning for you to carry. Mm-hmm. And this is how it always goes. It's mm-hmm. like, there's a plan and then something, you know, even something totally valid and necessary disrupts the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we all have to scramble to sort of fill the gaps that are created and it becomes overwhelming. So what did you actually yeah. end up feeling as the day went on? Uh, it, I think I was stressed at first just because I knew how many stops there were and I knew mm-hmm. there was different people at every stop we needed. Some people couldn't be here until a certain time. Some could only stay so late and it's like knowing you're working with so many people's schedules i like it just mm-hmm. makes you anxious because you don't mm-hmm. want to make them wait longer working than they need to is, is is hard yeah mm-hmm. or like making them be there sooner have like we tell them to leave and meet us there and then we're not there and then i was just mm-hmm. worried about that and then not being of like we had a bunch of people here waiting while we were out there and so it's like when yeah, to so send them we were shooting all over the city but always pretty much within five or six miles yeah. from the studio yeah yeah so we had a lot of people stationed here mm-hmm. and then they would sort of come in and out. Like we'd have yep. a, a van come meet us where we were shooting and then come yeah. back. But there was always that fear that we're going to tell them, okay, head to the next location. And then we were going to get there 30 minutes late and mm-hmm. they had just been sitting on this trail waiting mm-hmm. for us to show up. And that's, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And so I think I was feeling that. And then it got to the point where um, you guys had to take Sid for like an extended amount of time. And so I'm in the car with Zion and then I have to start driving him around again to go to sleep. So he doesn't start like crying or it was, he, he was, Stinging I know but he did great. <laughs> he did great. But then it's like, at that point, then I can't even communicate of like, yeah. I don't know where you guys are at. I don't know who you need. And I don't know who's mm-hmm. at the studio waiting. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. when it, it fell on Abigail. And it was like, once it's, it was once I saw everybody was getting there when they needed to, it was like, okay, I know Abigail has mm-hmm. this. Like she's, she's got it all in her head yeah. even more than I, will, I did. Cause she planned it. So it's like, I will say that I called you out earlier and it was valid. <laughs> but Abigail came, came in clutch on this yeah. one. Yeah. I think everything with conference, actually what was cool about it is sort of the synergy between both teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like working with two teams of creatives, like mm-hmm. our creativity and the things we excel at meeting the things that they are genuinely creative at mm-hmm. and they excel mm-hmm. at and sort of meshing those together actually worked really well. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. this shoot was kind of a, a good picture of that. Like there was, yeah. Oh, for sure. This would have, we could have pulled it off on our own. It, it would have been really, diff- we would have had mm-hmm. to have you. Yeah. Yeah. If we oh, didn't for have sure. Abigail. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But because you were incapacitated with other stuff, on, you know, just so yeah. happened that way. Yeah. Abigail being able to step in was super, super helpful because yeah. she knew the mm-hmm. shoot. She knew the vision and the goal of what we were trying mm-hmm. to accomplish. And she sort of synced with us on that before yeah. stepping in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when she stepped in, it wasn't just frivolous hands. And a lot of times yeah. that's what you end up with people on a shoot. It's like they desperately want to help. But it's like you don't understand what I'm trying to do. Mm. Yeah. And it's like I know yeah. you you means you mean well, but you are not actually helpful right now mm-hmm. because asking me what you can do yeah is not helpful. We talked about this at that yeah. that leadership lean mm. and it was like that is what overwhelmed me. That's what overwhelmed me. Like that's the sp- that's the thing that gets to me and I, tr- I you know like I don't have a personality that tends to like blow a gasket most times, but I was like I was as far as my personality goes at this shoot, it was like literally God's honest truth. This is how it feels to be a director in indie productions. I think this is why there's so much hierarchy in larger scale productions Mm -hmm. so that only certain people have access to the people that are actually making decisions Mm -hmm. because what happens, what happens in these smaller scale productions that we tend to do is if I'm direction directing and I'm sort of trying to figure out the vision, what I'm doing is I'm going, okay, 
I have no idea what I'm doing. What's next? And there's all the insecurities that I'm working through trying to be met by, okay, but what is the vision? What do I know how to do? How do I take this in small steps? How do I take this in small bites? What do we need to do next? What shots do we have to get? How do we communicate this? And you're sort of wrestling through that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then you're doing that and somebody comes up and they go, hey, what do you want me to do with this? And you go, uh, just take care. And literally mm -hmm. as you're answering this, someone goes, but what do we do with this? And I go, take, you do that. And then you do, but what do we do? And you go, I just have enough questions. And I literally, I, I was thinking to myself getting in one of the vans at one point, cause I'm also having to like act in certain moments in this. I ran a camera at certain moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself at some point, I have enough questions of my own. <laughs> I am as confused as everyone else. And I, and I know I'm not like, I know practically I have way more experience than most, you know, any of those volunteers who have never done this kind of stuff. But that's what it feels like a lot mm -hmm. of times is it's like, I don't know what I'm doing either. Okay. Mm -hmm. And all the questions just overwhelm me to the point that I actually don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that was the moment. There's one moment in it where I feel like we didn't do it well, if mm -hmm. I'm totally honest. There's one moment where <laughs> we finished the shoot. Did we shoot on a Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. Shot on yeah. a Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday morning, I woke up and literally from like a dead sleep, I went, oh, we didn't get this shot, that shot, or this shot. <laughs> the cut's not going to make sense. Like straight up. Out of a dead sleep, I literally was like, my goodness, we didn't get these shots. <laughs> we didn't get these shots. And that was the moment where like the the overwhelming, the million questions I think got to me. And I I fumbled the ball right there. Like mm -hmm. it was a spot where like if we had just I thought the clock was getting to us, it didn't we actually had more time than I realized. Yeah. Which was frustrating. Mm -hmm. We got done early and then people ended up having to wait because we were waiting for the sun to go down. And I thought with this we were gonna be chasing the sun, and it was a whole thing. Um talk to this before we move on to the other sketch. Was there anything else that you guys specifically felt before we move on to the other video? I think technically uh, it was just, <clears throat> I wish we would have shot all one cam. I wish we would have used the red on everything. Yes. In my opinion, the red, <clears throat> not in my opinion, it's just factual. The red looks way better. That's way more fun to grade. It's just looks better. But so uh, explain that. Why, why do you say that? What, what did we do? What happened? So we, well, we had to split up at one point. So we had like a six, we had, I think it was, I think initially we we're going to shoot everything on. We shot this technically on four cameras. Yeah. Was it four cameras? Well, we shot, we started out on the 6K. Yeah. With the ND filters. And mm -hmm. then we noticed basically we were getting what's called uh, IR, IR pollution. Mm -hmm. So we were getting infrared pollution and it mm -hmm. tints your, I don't know if we have footage that we can show. I don't know if we ended up with anything, yeah. but it basically tints shadows like blacks, like the shirt, like purple. Mm -hmm. It's really nasty. It's terrible. Certain cameras have real issues with it. Well, Start off on that. Mm. And then we had a second 6K in the car mm -hmm. that was only for high speed stuff. Right. And then we transitioned to the red. Mm. And then we were using that janky Walmart camcorder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we technically, we used footage from four cameras yeah. all in yeah. it, you know, on a, a, in yeah. one cut. But the camcorder was intentional for a style that was. Yeah, that, was, that yeah. was my nod and my homage and my love towards specifically Tyler and Abigail because. <laughs> I think it actually did. It, it worked cool really thing. well. It yeah, was a, it, it was, was a nice fun. touch, but I wouldn't yeah. have thought to do that yeah. if it was one of our pieces that That's we were true. doing for us. Mm -hmm. This was a client job. Like that was the mindset going in. It was like, what do you guys need? How can we service yeah. the vision you guys are trying to communicate? Mm. And what is even tonally, even like when we started screwing around with, you know, the way we graded this with that film emulation mm. and all that kind of stuff like that to me, I would have tried it either way, but I really was thinking that way because I was trying to find ways to make it look like a little bit more conducive to their brand mm -hmm. things if, that sort of they naturally do yeah if i would have 
if I, we would have had more time and I would have remembered that we had that familiar emulation that, were the, that we wanted to try that beforehand, I wouldn't have, mm-hmm. I graded it first and then put the film emulation yeah. on it. And what I wish I would have done was just like what we did with the other sketch was put the film, put the film emulation on it. It's hard to say. I know. It is really hard to say. <laughs> so you were, were you frustrated that we switched cameras? Like, did that just get in your head and you, you felt anxious while we were shooting that you were no, doing it wrong? I or like, don't. I don't ever really feel anxious with that kind of stuff. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah, I too. mostly just do everything right. Yeah. And even Pretty if much. I'm not doing it right, I assume it's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't like, I don't get anxious with that kind of stuff. Like, the, yeah. it, it bothers me more after in the edit. But I think, though, one thing that bugged me the most was when we, when I watched it in room, like when it was actually going on. Well, I wasn't in room, but like when we, when I saw it, like on the screens, it, it comes to a point. I don't, I don't even remember what point it was where like, it's like, we're big on the music. The music's been going for a while. We go to a lull point in the music or the music stops or something like that. And then we go back into the music. I thought it just fell flat on its face after that. I thought the music didn't go anywhere. It was like music, music is big here, lull. And we just go back into the same exact music. When I wish we, what we would have done was go a little bit smaller music here, lull, and then big music over here. Cause it just felt like it just felt like we came back up to the same spot and it just kind of fell flat. All right. Shots fired. Ouch. Okay. It wasn't that you. I just, well, I think we I know, talked, was my edit. <laughs> we talked about that because but, that's what I felt too. Not, yeah. not in that sense. I was like, I feel like we need to go into a different song here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I felt like, but it felt we, weird going into three different songs. Yes. And that's yeah. what we yeah. struggled against. And that's why we ended up doing, I don't know if there was another part in that song. I did. I did transition it to it's, the bigger part of the song. But the problem is, we had already gone through yeah, already literally gone the whole song. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough because this was, uh, you know, this was like licensed royalty stock right. music that we're pulling from somewhere else. This isn't us scoring a song mm-hmm. specifically for the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we were gonna go do this, if this was a, a you know, two hundred thousand dollar commercial project for a big corporate client, we'd probably try to at least get a, a, some way to score it. So that's more specific mm-hmm. to the to the gig. Yeah, something yeah. like more this where we're on a time yeah. constraint, yeah. and through it's and you know there's just projects that you devote every resource you have to. Yeah, and there's stuff where you do it the best you can on sort of minimal resources. This was both of these projects, which we're just gonna finish. I'm making a decision on the fly. We're gonna finish talking about this, and then we're gonna go into a part two of this, which will be another episode where we actually talk about the sketch. So mm-hmm. let's just finish, take some time, and finish mm-hmm. talking through sort of what yeah. we processed on this one. Like, what did you feel in the edit then? In the edit. Well, do you want to talk about the cut, the day of shooting more? I feel like we haven't talked at all about the post side of it. Um, oh, I think the main thing with day the day of shooting is kind of like how you wish we would have just started on the red. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we would have just started with the audio recorder too. So I ended up running what do you mean? sound, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which wasn't originally the plan, but it fell that way. And I think that was the right call anyway, because nobody else was trained to do it. Besides like me and Lindsay and Lindsay's a babysitter, babysitter at this point. Um, yep. So I think that worked out like better that way. But all of, I was very, I don't even think I told you this. I was so intentional with the audio in like that first sketch where like I mic'd down to get his feet and I like mic'd like certain areas You're saying when to they were get. F- when it's just Dave and yeah. he's walking away. Yeah. yeah. Like in the beginning up top and none of that was usable because it was all in camera audio. Mm-hmm. And so it like had that terrible hiss. The mic was going straight into camera or the mic was Correct. going into the, the audio? The mic was going straight into camera. Because we used the 6K instead of the red. Yeah, because we started off on the 6K. So it was like all of that ended up being... So that was one of those being... situations where we cut a corner, yeah. not really expecting it to be necessary. 
and then it yeah. bit us in the butt later. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then by the time that we finally ditched the audio recorder because it was kind of becoming a hassle. This is 6K, right? We so let, let's, let's explain that for a sec to yeah. people who aren't like familiar with this. There's two ways that we shoot video and audio. One is like what I'll call single system where it's like these cameras, if we're using one of these cameras, we will often run a microphone directly connected to the camera. Mm-hmm. The lower quality audio, uh, the camera is great for the camera. It's fine for the audio, but the, the camera was, in, was designed to produce an image, yeah. not to produce audio. What we are recording these audio on is a very, you know, an audio recorder that's significantly nicer and it was built just to record good mm-hmm. audio. So when we're shooting on the red, we're always shooting double system or two system audio mm-hmm. where the red is only pr- for producing the image and the audio is only for producing audio. And then those two get married together in the computer. What we did is we started this recording the audio straight into one of these cameras. Yeah. So she's saying it, it was a lower quality. It had mm. some background noise. It, it was it was a it was a lower bit depth. I mean, it was it was kind yeah. of everything that would lower the quality. Mm. Yeah. When we transitioned, because we got we weren't frustrated with the audio when we transitioned. That we probably didn't even know that it sounded bad. Yeah. No, we had we were no just idea. Flying at that point. Right. Yeah. We were frustrated with the image getting all of that nasty infrared pollution. Yes. Mm. So we switched over to the red because that has corrections built into yeah. the sensor, mm. at which point we were forced to switch. Yeah. We, w- we had to switch. Yeah. And which is obviously a, it's a better sound. It's better quality. Um, but by that point, the audio was no longer even really useful because right. we never the, used it after that beginning yeah. part, except for what we really needed it for was the first part yes. where we botched it. Yeah. Mm. Which is, which we thought total reverse. We were like, Oh, we'll just switch to it. Now it's no big deal. And then by the time it just kind of became a hassle mm. because it's, it's a rig. You, you commit to it the whole day. You have a whole harness on, you have a whole thing, but then it was like becoming a hassle to try to get it in and out of the van and all of this stuff. So we just ditched it. Cause we're mm. like, well, we're just doing high speed. Well, we didn't get any during meaning when we're shooting, there's there's shooting regular speed which is when you're syncing Mm -hmm. audio so you have the audio at regular speed the camera at regular speed they'll sync up well Mm -hmm. then they're shooting mos which is uh motion uh motion without sound i can't remember what it stands for but it basically means you're shooting something that doesn't require sound so if i'm shooting high speed meaning for shooting something that gets trans you know uh, it gets turned into slow motion uh, the audio, the video is being slowed down past what happened in real time, which means the audio won't marry to it. It doesn't, yeah. it's like your mouth is going. <laughs> visually, but audio, it just goes, Steve. And they don't <laughs> match up. Like right. the audio is done way before the video. Right. So when we transitioned, so we transitioned, most of what we were doing at that point yes. didn't need audio. It didn't need audio, but then we went into that last little bit of the sketch where he gets out of the van and there's all the people lined up and we didn't get audio for that. As I said, that was bad audio. I remember hearing there, the production there audio. there was no audio. Yeah, yeah I, remember, so. I remember getting to that point and having a little anxiety attack when I saw the first cut because I was like, we need this yeah. production audio. So you're saying all of that was replaced? That was all sound Yeah, effects? that was all. Yeah. So everything, like I had to go in and find it all and like uh, through SoundSnap and So what, what does that process look that like? Way. We can't go super deep into it, but like what right. did you end up having to do? So what I ended up having to do was whatever I could salvage from the 6K, um, I took, but most of it had the a 6K pretty- 6K are these cameras. She's yes. saying the trash audio. Yeah. So when we, when we were recording in camera, um, what I was able to salvage from that I used. So like I got, I was able to get the van shutting, like the door shutting that wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so the van, the door shutting was production audio. Yes, that wasn't fake. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was production. I was able to still use his footsteps, which was which That's was actually nice. surprising. I would have assumed yeah. all of the opposite. No, but I would what have assumed I that we replaced the door and the footstep. No, but what I couldn't, what I could not salvage. I don't know if it was just way too low or what, 
was the ambience. I could not salvage the ambience. Yeah. I had to keep it so low because I still had it in there. Did you I just replace had it, it and just put different road noise over it? I had it layered. Yeah. yeah. So I had it in there because I still got like the squeak of the door opening and like different things like that. But I had to keep it so low and put over it. I did like a, I found like a, um, some ambience from Thai that is Thailand. like people, oh, yeah, Thailand, Thailand yeah. like people talking and there's birds and, and stuff. It works. And that's yeah. really common. So like yeah. what would most of the time happen in like a high budget production, even what we would do in a lot of these situations. That's like, I think why I'm surprised the way we did it is we would just gut all of it is it yeah. would just go, okay, production just doesn't sound good. It's like, you've, have you ever watched behind, behind the scenes on like Avengers and somebody's flying and yelling their lines <laughs> yeah. and they're blowing wind at them. You know what happens when someone is yelling their lines into a microphone that they're blowing a fan at? It sounds like this. <laughs> so all of that audio just literally gets cut out and then so they come in after the fact and they watch themselves going, I've come to avenge my brother. I go, okay, you ready? They go, I've come to avenge my brother. And they mouth it and they say it after the fact and replace their dialogue. And then they replace the sound of the cape fake. And they replace the sound of the wind yeah. fake. And they, you know what I mean? Like we would rebuild footsteps from sound effects or make them ourselves. We would re yeah. rebuild the road noise. We'd rebuild the, the door shutting, all of those things, which I feel like arguably may have even been easier, not to put you on blast, but. <laughs> well, I, it may be, because I, I asked you this the other day. I said, I said, is it better to just completely start from scratch or try to keep as much as you can of the original? Because I don't oh, know. I thought you were talking about relationships when you asked that. Oh. I thought, you're, I thought there was like a new guy and you're like, is it better to like, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> a joke. It's not. Um, is it better to just start over? Is or is it better to salvage the original? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, because for some reason, I don't know why I lean this way. Maybe I'm just like, I don't even know if you could call it like being a purist or not, but I just, I really like trying to salvage the original audio. Yeah, as I much can. as we can use yeah. any visual or audio information that we actually did on set yes. or on location. If we can actually use it, it's always better. Yeah. So what it's I just tend not to do, easier. no, it, I don't know. Maybe I just like to do things the hard way, but, um, but I like to try to like keep as much of it as possible and then use sound effects and other things to enhance it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like um, in one of our sketches that we'll talk about later, there's like the, there's an arrow in it. And with that, I kept the actual sound of it whizzing by. I kept the actual sound of it hitting the side of the building, but I used like slap and hit and wood cracking sound effects to enhance it. Mm -hmm. But I always like to try to keep the original as much as possible, <clears throat> like always a goal. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing for the section where we didn't record audio was I actually took all the stuff that I was able to salvage in the first sketch, brought it over to that one, and then did the same same type of thing where I just layered it with a bunch of things that I found on. And so you put new footsteps under him walking, you put the squeak of the door, or you salvaged all that? I salvaged that, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. It's actually, I would have assumed the footsteps would have been replaced. No, I didn't no. listen to him that closely. You can't get it actually by me, but... <laughs> I was maybe, very maybe intentional about those footsteps. I was very proud of that. All right. Okay, so we're going to wrap this one up. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, hopefully you learned something about stress management in overwhelming <laughs> situations uh but we're gonna wrap this one up we're gonna actually just do this as a two-parter and we're gonna get into the next episode mm -hmm. thanks for sticking around if you enjoyed this go ahead and subscribe more stuff coming out regularly hit the like button we'd appreciate it we love you thanks for sticking around this has been filmmakers making films i said it correctly Woo hey. yay <laughs>
So like my first ticket when I was 16 years old and I had my license for seven days, and I think I was on my first date with my first girlfriend, was for taking the, unauth the authorized personnel only turnarounds on the expressway. I learned I just saw the light. Yeah, I learned it. It's not like I didn't know it was illegal. I just thought I'd be fine. What are the odds? <laughs> Apparently 100% are the odds.